Uh, yeah, welcome in. Welcome back to another episode of Format Podcast. Got a pretty interesting show for you here today. Going to talk some LeBron James and an angle that I probably haven't really touched before, but um, I think this is pretty interesting. But before we get to that, if you haven't already, you know what time it is. If you're here on YouTube, please go ahead, click that subscribe, that like, and that notification bell. We're getting up there. We're advancing. We're over 800 subscribers. Thank you to everybody who's clicking that button. Please continue to share and uh, tell people about it so we can make this grow. Um, we're getting up to that magic number of 1,000, and as soon as we get there, we're going to start those live calling shows because again i know a lot of you disagree with a lot of things that i have to say some of you do agree and that's cool too but i want to further take this show to another level and put us in a place where you know i can really really do a great job interacting with you guys so that's what i'm looking forward to so as soon as we hit that magic number 1000 subscribers and, and get the channel there we're going to start those live calling shows i think that's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of interesting but in the meantime like I said, make sure you share the channel. And uh, if you want the audio-only version of the podcast, please make sure you open up your audio podcast platform, hit the search bar, type in the format podcast. We should come right up. If you're enjoying the content, give us that like and uh, subscribe right there. And don't forget to give us that five-star review and leave us a comment. All that stuff helps us rise in the algorithm, helps us find more sports fans, helps more sports fans find us. Now let's get right to it. So... LeBron James. Everybody knows who LeBron James is. You don't even have to be a sports fan to know who LeBron James is. He's one of the greatest American athletes of all time. No question about it. Um, and he's had one of the greatest NBA careers of all time. No question about that. Um, there are a lot of people who have him number one as the greatest basketball player of all time. I don't. I think that's Michael Jordan. No question about it. But a lot of people believe it's LeBron James, and uh, I suppose that for those people, he's made a very, uh, a very strong case with what he's been able to accomplish statistically, awards-wise, and uh, winning in his career. Um, so I'm not going to get into the GOAT argument. That's not what this is about. But, you know, a lot of people feel that way, and that's cool. I got to respect that even if I don't agree with it. But um, one of the things that I've always talked about when it comes to LeBron James is the fact that his career seems... While he's accomplished a great deal on the floor, it seems very contrived and full of narratives in terms of how he wants to control the way he's perceived by uh, people, by sports fans, by sports media, everybody, right? A lot of narratives are in place in terms of trying to control the way LeBron is perceived. And one of them is this narrative that LeBron James makes everybody he plays with better. Now, this is something I've pushed back against for years and years, right? And let me just make an example, right? If LeBron James makes everyone he plays with better, why, and we'll use Kobe here and Michael Jordan here, because oftentimes those are the two other players that you hear get brought up in terms of, you know, who's the greatest player of all time, right? Why is it then that if LeBron James makes everybody he plays with better, that he's needed so many trades on his rosters throughout his tenure in the NBA? And why do I say that? Teams that he's been on, since he's been in the NBA, have had over 150 trades of players and first round draft picks, right? We have literally seen, just since he's been in LA alone, we've literally seen at the trade deadline, teams turn completely over and become a brand new roster to finish out the season. Now, like I've said, if, if he's so great, why does he always need that, right? He makes everybody he plays with better. So if that's the narrative and that's supposed to be the truth, why can't he lift the players that he has instead of, oh, nah, this guy ain't getting it done, so I got to get him out of here and get new ones, right? It doesn't add up. 
it's the same thing of uh, the narrative that LeBron would be more successful if he had better head coaches throughout his career. Well, that's odd because LeBron has had, in 21 years, he's had nine different head coaches, right? Now he's played on three different teams, so that plays a role, I give you that. But you've had nine different head coaches, so that's what, one every two and a half years, one every two and a third seasons? Who's the common denominator there? LeBron, right? So if you've had all these coaches and you've had all these players traded, does the narrative really fit? Do you really make everyone better? Are you really not as successful as you would have been because you don't have great coaching? These are things to think about. So anyway, why am I bringing this up? I was uh, looking through the internet today and I was um, working on some other stuff and just thinking about, hmm, you know, what am I gonna talk about today? Am I gonna get on here and do a pod? And I actually uh, found an article and it's interesting. It's called LeBron Never Sacrificed. J.A. Adande breaks one of the biggest myths about LeBron James. And if you don't know J.A. Adande, he is a well-respected uh, sports writer and former TV personality on ESPN. And uh, now he, I believe, is the director of sports journalism at Northwestern University, which is one of the most highly regarded and respected uh, journalism schools in the country. If you talk about journalism schools, it's normally going to be Mizzou, Syracuse, and Northwestern. Those are the top three. That's not to say there's not other good journalism programs throughout the country, but those are pretty much the creme de la creme in that in that uh, in that field. And as such, um, Jay Adande, being um, Northwestern alum. He has now returned to his school and he is the director of sports journalism at the school, right? Um, uh, Michael Wilbon is a uh, graduate of Northwestern University. Uh, um, Rini from Get Up on ESPN. Uh, Mike Greenberg, he's a graduate of Northwestern. A lot of really outstanding uh, sports media personalities attended uh, Northwestern. But anyway, um, so JJ Adande was, uh, he was interviewed and he had some very interesting comments and one of them was LeBron never changed. LeBron never sacrificed. Right. And what are we saying about this? I'll, I'll get to a little bit of a breakdown on that, but here are some of the comments that he made, right? I don't have the audio, so I'm gonna read them to you. Uh, JJ Adande says, quote, the whole key is whether or not LeBron is ready to say here, you take it. When LeBron went to Miami, everyone talked about, you got to sacrifice. LeBron never sacrificed. LeBron goes to Miami. Bosch and Wade see their usage rates go down. LeBron stays the same. LeBron goes back to Cleveland. Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving's usage rate goes down. LeBron stayed the same, said Adande on the Bill Simmons podcast. So um, these are things that pretty much should be common sense <laughs> kind of if you watch basketball or if you know anything about the game. Now, let me, let me be real here, right? And let me be fair. LeBron, in I want to say just about every case, was the best player on so he's been on what three different franchises he's always been the best player give you that right but um the fact is he generally manipulates the rosters but it's not so much that he does that it's even still when he brings in guys that were you know big time players on other teams all of a sudden he relegates them to really supporting roles and those guys careers generally go down right and you know it's unfortunate now here's the science of it if I'm averaging 25 a game and I go with a guy who's averaging 27 a game, obviously I'm probably not going to average 25 a game anymore, most likely, right? Because there's just simply less shots to go around. But the fact is, we talk about this, LeBron makes everybody better and uh, sacrifice, sacrifice, but I'm not going to go as far as to say that LeBron is a stat monger, but it's very interesting that for a guy who's supposed to make everyone better, 
it's always about his numbers and everyone else's numbers have to suffer, right? Um, here's an example. Uh, when LeBron left Miami, he went back to Cleveland and he got Kevin Love on the team. And of course, Kyrie Irving was already there. Now, Kevin Love is a guy that one season, two seasons prior to that, averaged 20 points and 15 rebounds, led the league in that category. Uh, another season prior to that, he averaged uh, 26 and 13, right? So Kevin Love was an outstanding player, big time scorer and a big time rebounder, right? Okay, cool. Um, he gets to he gets to uh, uh, Cleveland and he drops from 26 and 12 and a half the previous season to 16 and 9.7. Those are huge drop offs, right? Three rebounds a game and 10 points per game. Now, again, nobody's expecting and I'm sure Kevin Love, he's a smart enough guy. He wasn't expecting that he's going to go join LeBron's team and still average 26 and 12, but a 10 point drop off. And if you remember and you watched it, um, Kevin Love was pretty much relegated to on offense, not having a defined role other than to sit in the corner and wait for kickouts, right? LeBron loves shooters and he loves guys that can hit the corner three. And often that's what he relegates guys to playing in the LeBron system, right? LeBron, as we've talked about, doesn't play in any particular basketball system. He plays in his system. He's got to control the ball most of the time. It's only now that he's older and physically unable to do it that he's playing off the ball more, but he's got to control the ball most of the time. He's got to make the decisions most of the time. He's got to always have the ball in his hands and that's not always healthy. And that also doesn't fit the narrative of a guy who makes everyone better, right? Okay, um, Chris Bosh was an all-star in Toronto had a lot of good years there and in fairness he was an all-star in Miami too but I think that was kind of more along the lines of you know D Wade and LeBron James were all-stars so that, you know let's bring Chris Bosh along it's better for the you know it's better for the TV product an all-star game but anyway um Chris Bosh his year before going to Miami it was in Toronto he averaged 24 and 11 24 and 10.8 rebounds to be exact he gets to Miami big drop off 18 points and 8.3 rebounds. Again, you get a loss of two rebounds per game and you get a loss of almost six points per game. So again, no one is expecting that Chris Bosh is going to go there with D Wade, who's a 25 points per game guy and LeBron, who's a 26, 27 points per game guy and still get his, you know, 24, 25 points a game. No one's expecting that, but to see a drop off that pronounced, it says something. And again, offensively, we noticed what? Chris Bosh starts hanging out, shooting a ton of threes, right? And I mean, these are the things we talk about now. D Wade kind of bucks that, right? Because um, the year before LeBron got there, he averaged almost 27 a game. And then the year after LeBron averages, uh, I'm sorry, D Wade averages 26 a game, 25.5. But then after that sharp drop off, right? 22.1, 21.2, 19.0. And so the numbers keep falling off. Why? Because LeBron is never willing to give up his numbers right he's never willing to give up his numbers and of course for the guy who sacrifices the guy who makes everyone better we also know that there's going to be a lot of trades going on right guys are going to be in guys are going to be out we're going to revamp rosters now i will say in fairness there weren't nearly as many trades and roster revampings in miami why because lebron didn't quite have the same level of power because obviously the godfather pat riley was the guy who was really pulling the strings down there and that in real in realism is one of the reasons that lebron left after four years because he wanted more power in the organization and pat riley was like nah we're not having that and if you remember a few episodes back i talked about how lebron actually tried to get coach spo fired eric spolstra and pat riley again was like we're not having that right so 
you know, sacrifice, make everybody better. But what actually happened always decries the narrative. So it's so amazing to me that, you know, people act like they didn't actually see what happened. But it was cool to see that uh, a guy like J.A., excuse me, Adande actually came out and told the truth about it right now. Does this take away from LeBron's greatness as a player? LeBron is a great player. LeBron has had an all-time, all-time great career. But the narrative, the narrative, the narrative. And and why did this kind of come up, right? Remember, um, a couple of years ago when Russ, Russell Westbrook left Houston and went to the Los Angeles Lakers. Remember, he's a LA native, grew up rooting for them. So that was like a kind of homecoming. Um, it's interesting. Uh, they didn't have to get him, but LeBron wanted Russell Westbrook. Why? Russell Westbrook is the top 75 player. So LeBron says, hey, I'm going to do what I always do. I'm going to stack the deck with more talent, and that's going to help me win more easily, right? You're going to grease the skids so you can win. Okay, cool. But anybody with half a brain should have realized that that's not going to work, right? Russell Westbrook is, is an extremely ball-dominant player. How is he going to play with a guy like LeBron? That was the first thing I thought, but, you know, we heard the narrative. LeBron's going to make it work. LeBron's going to make it work, right? That's what they always say. But guess what? Russell Westbrook had to play off ball. He got relegated again to kind of hanging out, waiting for the ball and either shooting or slashing. And that's not Russell Westbrook's game. He's got to make decisions. He's got to have the ball. He's definitely not a shooter. And it didn't work out. So guess what? Russell Westbrook gets excoriated by the media. He gets excoriated by the team. He ends up getting, um, I think he got traded. Did he get traded? He got traded or released. I can't remember. But he ends up with the Clippers and he's, you know, much, much happier there. You saw a lot of the old Westbrook come back. But the point I'm trying to make is we keep pushing this narrative about LeBron making everybody better. And it's just not true. And we've seen it time and time again. We've seen it time and time again. But, you know, I guess uh, I guess only lower level players he can make better because he can force them to kind of do what he wants them to do. And that's sit outside, catch kickouts and shoot threes. But it is what it is. Anyway, what I want to know from you. Do you believe it that LeBron makes everybody better? Do you believe it that LeBron would have had more success if he had better coaching? What are your thoughts on J.A. Adande saying that LeBron doesn't sacrifice? Leave your comments in the comment section. Can't wait to hear from you. Can't wait to get back to you. And uh, I'll be back next episode. And I'm out. Peace.